that it's less about the goal. It's about the person that you have to become in order to achieve the goal. And if you decide to be a person that measures the progress versus the perfection of the goal, it's reorienting your focus yeah. and where focus goes, energy flows. Focus determines emotion and emotion determines decisions and decisions determine actions and actions will determine your results. Mm. And so it all starts very simply with, okay, how can I start to reorient my metric for success to be less about the outcome and be more about the step? If I can be focused on whatever that step may be, maybe it's in dating. Can I be more focused on, you know what, I talk to the guy or not? Regardless of the outcome, I can give myself that, you know what, you took a shot. All right, everyone, special guest today. I get so happy and fulfilled when I have personal friends on the show. You heard me say this before, and not coincidentally, I bring them all on the show because I've surrounded myself with such crazy, beautiful, purposeful, really aligned people. And these are people who are making differences in the world. Now, George Ua is a life and leadership coach. And when we drop into conversations, we drop into conversations. We are talking about the dynamics of relationships, how a man shows up, how safety is created in a relationship, what happens when it's not there, how the relationship can degrade, and how we can prevent our relationship from degrading. There's actually steps that we can do. There's awareness that we can bring to better our relationships, bring ourselves closer in these relationships that break up into pieces and we run away without even knowing why. But we're also gonna go into the depths of our relationships with ourselves, with our friends, with our family. We're gonna go into everything with the mind guru right here, George. <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, thanks for that heartfelt uh, introduction, Christian. Yeah, man. You know, I wanna tell you first, it's just, you are someone that I've admired and revered from afar before we've even formed our friendship. And to have this experience, to be a guest and to have closed that gap and to have just organically, you know, we've met at parties and, yeah. and we've dropped, we're the kind that go into a quarter and we drop into an existential conversation. Yeah. And I'm just really pumped that that's led us to here and we can share some of the things that have come through for us yeah. with your audience. Thank you, brother, man. Uh, uh, like existential, like, wait, wait, wait. So, so consciousness will, 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 will totally concentrate into a human form and will experience, these are the conversations we have about, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish, I wish someone had a little microphone on us in the corner. We're just talking about like the cosmos, relationships, mask effect, all the stuff. Um, so you, 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 you help guide so many people into better relationships with themselves, better relationships with each other. And there's a thousand questions that I can ask, but, but right from the get go. And I know, uh, offline off air, we were talking a little bit about self-sabotage. Now you look at self-sabotage as something else, mm -hmm. but I bring up self-sabotage because a lot of people have lately been DMing and asking me about it. Mm -hmm. So in your lens, is self-sabotage something that has been there since childhood? Why do we self-sabotage in our lives so much? Mm -hmm. It's a great question, Christian. And it's something that I, I think a lot about when, I, when, I'm in the, when I'm in the business of transformation, when I'm in the business of helping people make change in their life. And so the first thing to understand is that as we're going through our awakening, there's a lot of felt sensations that we go through and we don't have the vocabulary or the lexicon yet to fully describe what it is we're experiencing. 
And so what I find happens is that we grasp onto labels that seem somewhat resonant and self-sabotage tends to be one of those things. Now that can look very different for a lot of different people. People might feel like they're self-sabotaging themselves in relationships. Uh, maybe they're wanting to leave, but they're staying. Maybe they're doing it professionally. Again, maybe they're wanting to leave, but they're staying. Or maybe they want to be having a conversation with their boss about something that these notice is happening or not happening, and they don't. And then they look at that lack of behavior as self-sabotage, meaning something that's preventing them from getting closer to a desire, a goal, or an outcome that they want. Maybe it's within their health. They want to start eating healthier and exercising daily, but then they just go back to watching TV and eating Cheetos. Mm -hmm. um, and then we call this self-sabotage. And, and I think part of that also is because we want to blame ourselves, and we want to put ourselves in a place of guilt. But here's, here's the interesting thing is there's a, 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 I found there's a kinder and also a more precise way of describing what is actually happening on a subconscious level. And it's called, we have an immunity to change. Now, as a preface, what's important to understand is that the brain is wired for survival, not for growth or for happiness for that matter. And what it means is, is that we are programmed to seek pleasure and run from pain. But here's the interesting part. We will do 10 times more things to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. So here's where the self-sabotage comes in, is that we have a goal. Let's just call it eating healthy and and working out daily but we're not doing that the goal is i want to be healthier and i'm very clear what i need to start doing eating healthier sleeping more exercising daily this is the very clear thing i know what i need to do now here's the second thing what are you doing instead of that or what are you not doing instead of that it's a very important thing to become aware of most of the time and in, in, in this field i would say that it's what they're not doing um i'm or but if they can get really clear on what they are doing instead, it's I'm staying up too late. Hmm. It's I'm choosing to eat unhealthy foods and fast foods. It's I'm choosing to not schedule when to go to the gym. When you can be really clear on what those actions are, now we can start getting a bit deeper because it's that behavior that is linked to a belief that they have about pain that they think they were going to experience if they do something different than that thing in column number two. Hmm. It's called the worry box. The worry box says, if I were to start doing this, something painful would happen. And the brain does not like change. It interprets change. Even if it's something aligned with our goals, it interprets change as pain. Now, maybe that fear is, I'm worried that I'll fail. I'm worried that I won't lose weight. I'm worried that I'll be disappointed. I'm worried that I, I, I and then they start getting into all these, all these, all these fears, right? And what those fears are, are a stepping stone to something even deeper, which is what's called a hidden commitment. And I love the word commitment. My clients all understand the power of what commitment means in their life. Mm. But when we have certain values and goals that we're orienting to that are new, we have to also reconcile that what are some of the hidden commitments that we're secretly more committed to doing mm. or achieving or not achieving than the goal that we actually have told ourselves is important. This is the interesting part is that if, if your goal is to be healthy, but the fear is that you're afraid of failure, the hidden commitment is about not looking like a failure. I am secretly more committed to looking like not a failure. And so I won't start. Hmm. And we label this as self-sabotage, but really what it is is a psychological winning strategy for avoiding pain.
Mm. We're more afraid of what other people will think. We're more afraid of what we'll think of ourselves if we fail. And what happens is, is that the fourth column is now where, where beliefs come in. Limiting beliefs. Now, what is a belief? Very simply put, a belief is a feeling of certainty that we have about something. It's not what's true. It's an assumption of what we perceive to be true. And so when we are experiencing life, we're actually not experiencing what is happening. We're experiencing the quality of our thinking about what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the worry box and our hidden commitments, there are assumptions, there are beliefs that we have that hold the immunity to change system in place. And so sometimes in this case, a, a belief might be that they will fail. A belief might be that they'll be disappointed. A belief might be that it won't work out or that my body can't do this or my body's not fit for this or I can't, I don't have the time for this. Mm. And, and then the list goes on, right? And what happens is the mind will do a couple of things to meet its need. And right now, as you can tell, the main need that they're trying to meet is their need for safety. There's a need for certainty. We all need to feel safe, secure in our comfort zone. And we'll oftentimes fight more for our limitation than we are for our goal. Again, 10 times more likely to avoid pain than gain pleasure, gain that goal we want. And so what we do in our mind and our belief system is three very specific things. We will delete, we will distort, and we will generalize. Here's a really fun exercise. I want you to look around the room right now, Christian. And I want you to try to count, and those at home listening, try to do this, just look around your room right now. In five seconds, try to count as many things as you can that are the color gray. Okay, how many did you count? Three. Cool. How many of those things did you, how many of those things were beige and you called them gray? <laughs> oh man, I, I called, uh, <laughs> those shoes are not, are they gray? <laughs> They're kind of beige, huh? A little bigger, yeah. See, okay. So here's what happens. We will delete and we will distort the world to meet our need. Mm -hmm. This is just the way the mind works. It's a fun kind of trick. But when this is what happens in our belief systems is that when we're so when we're when we're un, and this is all happening unconsciously. Right. But here's what happens as we start to become just aware of this. All of a sudden we go, this is fucking bullshit. And it loses its power over us over time. Mm. And then what I do with my clients is that there are uh, strategies to test our assumptions to actually prove is this evidence based reality or is this ego based reality? Right. Like thinking of the fear. Right. Limiting beliefs, et cetera. The ego will distort. Right. So exactly. it'll see something that is beige when you're looking for gray and going, no, no, that's great. It's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, OK, I see what you're saying. So yep. it's these limiting beliefs that are in this worry box, mm -hmm. you're saying. Mm -hmm. And in this worry box are all of the things that are protecting me from the discomfort of change. Mm -hmm. The brain saying you're safe going to sleep late or you're safe, you know, eating this crappy food, even though it's it's very obviously not the healthy choice we'll stay there because of safety. Yeah. We want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Is that signal happening happening early on? Do we learn that in childhood or is there a moment that we learn it? Like when does that do our parents teach us that? How does that sponsor our complete life experience because yeah. the habits thing is huge for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And so there's a distinction between the fear and the and the belief system, by the way. The fear is I'm afraid of disappointing myself. And then there's all these assumptions that will happen that are associated with that fear. Hmm. Now, to your point, the question that you have about childhood is 
where else in your life did you learn that if you try to do something new, that you will fail and be disappointed? Hmm. Now we have something. Where in your childhood, if you scan, if you just do this right now, scan in, in your childhood, when did you try something when you were a child and you failed or you thought that you failed? Wow. Okay. Oh, you know, I just, I remember, I mean, here, I'll give you an example for me personally. Uh, everything in high school in the priority is about doing what? Getting into what? Getting into sports? Getting into the best college. Oh, best college. <laughs> right? That's like, yeah, we want to get in the best sports, right? Yeah. But, I mean, that's for some. Some are dancers, some are artists. But unanimously, in high school, everyone's goal is I got to get good grades so I can go to college. Right. right? I was, I honestly, to this day, don't ever think I've worked so hard in my life. You know, you go to school 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then you do homework till 10 p.m. And you're doing that even on weekends and taking AP courses, right? Crazy. My goal is to get to USC. I really wanted to become a Trojan. I grew up in LA and, you know, we didn't have a football team, yeah. but everyone was a Trojan fan. I grew up in Palos Verdes and I didn't get in. Mm -hmm. And it fucking crushed me. Mm -hmm. It absolutely crushed me. I was like, how could this be possible? 3.9 GPA, vice president, student body of the school, wow. wrestling on the wrestling team, like just like did nonprofit work. Yeah. Like everything. What the fuck did I miss? And it was very, and honestly, it fucked me up all of college. Mm. I was demotivated all four years of college. Oh. And it was because I was like, what's the point? It was this, it was this very significant point at the tail end of my formation years that kept this lingering belief and assumption that like, I can work really, really hard, but I still won't get what I want. Mm. And so we, we, what happens is we create this protection mechanism against future disappointment. Wow. That makes sense. That makes sense because you think. Now, yeah. here's the fun part. Let me, let me interrupt yeah. you real quick. When we go back and we can process that, that memory, what's the belief? The belief is if I work hard towards something that I want, that I'll fail. Now, here's the fun question after that. Is that true? Of course not. Not always. Mm -hmm. What is true? And then this is where the healing work begins. And this is where I learned that that was not failure. That was not redirection. It was redirection. And through the, through the, through the maturity of the lens that I have now, I looked at how not going to USC, but going to LMU actually provided me with the career after college that I would not have had if I went to USC. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time, but now living from the CWM, that program is still running. And yet I can clearly see now that that was redirection. Wow. And so what's powerful in this, in this healing heal thyself is we have, you know, people, I listen, I, there's so many different mechanisms for healing, but the power of insight through evidence-based thinking, I have found to be so empowering because we have the ability to heal thyself, right. heal ourselves just through the power of awareness and insight. Well, you, you said evidence-based thinking. What, what is that evidence-based? Yeah. It's, 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 I should say reality-based. Really? There's evidence in reality that can disprove these limiting beliefs that we have. I see. That we teach ourselves subconsciously. So so you're highlighting, you're putting light into, wait a minute, like, why, why don't you look at that evidence that's real, that is totally opposite of what you always believed? Yeah, yeah. And the evidence would be, where in your life did you work really hard and it worked out? Right. Oh my God, you know, I was like, I mean, I was like Ocean Bailey champion in wrestling when I was in high school. Or I ended up being, uh, you know, I, I ended up being number two for two billion dollar year company when I worked for my 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 corporate my corporate job, 
right? And, and mind you, I was going through all this healing at 28 years old. And I was like, wait a minute, this, these are all these like track records of success that I just literally subconsciously ignore because I'm, I'm prioritizing more safety than I am my growth. Right. Right. The body doesn't want the pleasure of seeing like, hey, you actually worked hard and you did well. Mm -hmm. It was like, let's stick with this safety, mm -hmm. the protection. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. it, it's fascinating how the, the, the brain will work like that. Yep. In, in, in its own protection. Yep. So, so for the people viewing and listening then, what are some of the things we can do at home right now mm -hmm. to better establish a relationship to, to ourselves, to not self-sabotage like that, as, or as we say, lean into that fear? Like, is there anything we could do in the mornings? Is there anything we could say to ourselves? Yep. Do you know if you're getting enough magnesium? Because four out of five Americans are not. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. So today I wanna to talk about the most common symptoms that we have when we're magnesium deficient. So listen carefully to the end because there's a special offer happening that could be exactly what you need. Now, here we go. If you have irritability, anxiousness, if you're struggling with insomnia, you have muscle cramps, twitching, high blood pressure, if you are constipated consistently, there are dozens of signs and symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So these are just a few of the most common. Now here's what most people don't know. Taking just any magnesium supplement won't solve your problem because most supplements use the cheapest kinds that your body can absorb. That's why I exclusively across the board recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only full spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. All Bioptimizer supplements are the best in class. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They're so confident that they give you a 365 day money back guarantee. Just go to www.buyoptimizers.com DRG. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code DRG10, you get gifts with the purchase up to two travel size bottoms of Magnesium Breakthrough. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash DRG. Claim your code using DRG10. What can we do to, to better move forward? Sure. And, uh, and and progress and break those habits. Yeah, I think people get very overwhelmed with like the 10 steps they have to do to accomplish a big goal. Because no one does that. It's they don't daunting. finish. They, they, you do 10 in a day and then you, you do five the next day and then you're done. Totally. It's it's being able to calculate what are tiny steps that you can take. And it's, it's basically what we want to do is start learning how to activate the reward system in our brain. Because if we can start, and, and the way that we do that is, it's very simple. What gets measured grows. A lot of times people have this arbitrary goal of getting healthy, right? But they haven't reverse engineered that goal into a specific plan of what that can look like. Going to the gym these specific days during these specific times, and then actually being able to check off, I went on Monday, and having a routine that has you be able to audit how you did is very helpful because it act, and I work with this on my clients in terms of just peak performance habits, is to overcome self-sabotage, it's we want to start creating small incremental steps that create little wins and start learning how to practice celebration of ourself and gratitude because those two things together activate the reward center in their brain and when we start activating that pleasure center guess what happens we start following through with more ease mm. but if the goal if we say well, i'm not going to celebrate until i lose that 40 pounds or until i lose that 20 pounds guess what that's far away now we're postponing the reward center trigger from happening and we don't follow through so it's, it's more so, my point is that it's less about the goal. 
It's about the person that you have to become in order to achieve the goal. Mm. And if you decide to be a person that measures the progress versus the perfection of the goal, it's reorienting your focus and where focus goes, energy flows. Focus determines emotion and emotion determines decisions and decisions determine actions and actions will determine your results. Mm. And so it all starts very simply with, okay, how can I start to reorient my metric for success to be less about the outcome and be more about the step? If I can be focused on whatever that step may be, maybe it's in dating. Can I be more focused on, you know what? Did I talk to the girl or not? Regardless of the outcome, or did I talk to the guy or not? Regardless of the outcome, I can give myself the, you know what? You took a shot. Mm. And I wanna, I, I, I'm more proud of being someone of courage tonight than I am worried about the result. Right, makes it's, sense. It's, it's, it's who you, it's, it's deciding, because here's the point about doing new things is that involves fear. And most people say, I need confidence before I do that thing. And confidence is not a prerequisite to action. It's a result. Mm. So if you're trying to wait for that feeling and that emotion of confidence, you'll never take action. But if you decide, okay, if I feel fear and I take action anyways, what is that? That is the experience of courage. Mm. And regardless of the outcome, if you can make a commitment to yourself to say, I'm going to be someone of courage tonight or today or this morning and try something new and take that step. Fear plus action equals courage. What is that step? I'm going to decide to take it regardless of outcome. I'm going to celebrate myself and I'm going to specifically do something nice for myself. It's not like a quick ad boy. It's like, okay, what is something that I enjoy doing that I give myself permission to do? Go buy yourself a macaroon. Go get yourself that cookie, whatever it is. But start to just develop that habit and anchor your celebration to who you're being and the step and you can start to build momentum that way. Oh, I really like that. The, and it's like, it's sort of like the, the, the courage is creating the confidence. Like you said, you're never going to get the confidence to do it. it. It's, it's going, it's pushing into that courage, mm-hmm. kind of going into that practice. And I love that you said the, the, the neurochemistry part, the, the, the reward, the dopamine, like I did it today. You know, small celebration. Did it today, small celebration. And you're kind of getting your brain primed to like, you're safe to do this. You can do it. And you get a little celebration every time you do do it. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. So what, what are some ideas of like healthy celebrations that we can do? Mm. Like, let's say someone goes, I really want to start a workout routine. I always fall off by month one. And then they're on month two. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it three times a week. And they're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. It, it, what are some of your clients do? What are some things that they, that they do that are like yeah, it's, healthy it's, rewards? It's really personalized to everybody because it has. I always anchor back to love. What do you love? Mm. For me, what do I love? Well, I love food. Mm. I mean, I love eating out. I've done food the whole vegetarian that. vegan thing. Yeah, yeah. It lasted about eighteen months, and I was more flexitarian. If I'm being honest, yeah, I love food. And when I, so I'll give you a very live example of what I did in in my business client creation is a major focus. And instead of celebrating the yeses, I celebrate the noes. And I have a whole different mindset now around noes. In fact, I've even calculated based on how much money I made and how many noes I got last year. And I was able to calculate that every no I got was worth $6,000 last year. Whoa. And so when I, when, I, when I have a week, and I just had this like two weeks ago, I had like seven noes in one week. I took myself out to dinner. And I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take myself out to an intentional, nice dinner tonight. 
Now, for me, that works. I love going out to eat. I love going to a nice restaurant and that works for me. For some, it might be a walk on the beach. Yeah. And as funny as it is, as close to the beach as we live, sometimes people never get their ass up and go. Right. But it's like it's being intentional, right? And it's an specifically intentioning, like, what is the thing that you really enjoy doing? Whatever that may be, right? If you're really focused on like a, a very brand new diet, right? And 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 you know that you're someone who loves food. Giving yourself that cheat day, I think personally is okay. You kind of have to work with it with yourself and, and identify what works, but it's like, what is something out of the ordinary that you don't normally do that would, would bring out this feeling of excitement and make you feel like you're celebrating yourself? I love that. Yeah. It, yeah. But it, and it's again, what do you, what do you truly love? Yeah. Cause what works for that's see part of mastering life is mastering the art of fulfillment. The reason why it's art is that what fulfills me is going to be different than what fulfills you. Right. So there's a little bit of self-awareness here of like, what do I really love? Yeah. What gets me, what makes, what gives me the feeling of aliveness? Mm, okay. Okay. That, that, that's such a, it's such a powerful way to make those associations because again, going back to the brain, priming the brain to, to say, Hey, you're good doing this, making this change. And the stories, man, the stories that we've created to protect ourselves, you were saying that and I was like, okay, well, what did, oh, whoa, okay, ready. I can think of something, you know, when I was a kid and, and protecting it. So it's, it's funny when you think of it from the context of just keeping us safe, then, then we see how our whole life can be in this box that we live in that's not even serving us. Yeah. Uh, what I'll say on that is before we think, most people, it's very normal to think, okay, well, what do I do next? What do I do next? What's the next step? And I always come back to more identity-based coaching, which is who do you want to be? And this topic of safety, once you're aware of how the immunity to change system is operating, you now have the ability to make a choice point. There's a choice point now. Now that you're conscious, now that you're aware, now you get to choose. And it's in the moment of your decisions that your destiny is shaped. Do you want to choose to be someone who prioritizes safety? Or do you want to choose to be somebody who prioritizes growth? That is an identity shift. And when you decide you're going to be someone who promotes, who, who works toward growth, then you can get clear on what the steps are that align with that growth. And then mm. you can take them. But it's less about the steps and more about who you're being. Because once you know who you are and who you want to be, following through becomes a lot easier. But when you're not aware that you're subconsciously prioritizing all these things, it's just going to keep running in place, right? Yeah, that so makes it's, sense. So it always comes back to who do you want to be. For me, my three core values and values are a way of being to me values are one of the deepest parts of who we are they are uh, an anchor point to where we make choices from and for me what i found is my three core values are intuition courage and faith core values are different from normal values by the way because for me it's like i always want to be living in my core values there is not a situation ever where i would not want to be listening to my intuition and having the wisdom and the courage to follow it mm. and having the faith that if I do that, everything that's meant to be in my life will be. There's never a situation I wouldn't want that to be in. Mm. Now, does that mean I'm always there? Absolutely not. I get scrambled and derailed and I fall off all the time. I'm human. That's why I have my own coach as well to help me re get clear on my values and who I want to be in each moment when I falter, when I, when I, when I fade out. Right. Mm -hmm. Some, you and I were talking a lot about that, about dating as well too. Right. Like sometimes my little boy who was, who was, you know, frankly, like the ethnic kid in a predominantly white school and 
felt like he was always chosen second or third or never, frankly. You know, it was just like living with the story of like, I'm second best, I'm second best. And why try if I'm just going to get rejected again? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get a little choked up even thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, I want to ask that girl out. I want to do it. But it's just, it's, it, there's an edge. It, there's an edge for me. Mm -hmm. But why didn't I say, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's more important that I be someone of courage. Yeah. It's more important that I, 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 I throw myself out there. But more so, Pichas, I just want to be someone of courage. And this is the next like realm that I'm personally going through in my mm -hmm. life right now. Mm -hmm. And, and just, having a sense of and it requires a bit more intention when i go out frankly because my my default is just hide my default is just like wait for someone else to initiate which then now i'm in my feminine uh -huh. and they're in their masculine and now we got this weird polarity change yeah but yeah. um but that's 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 what i would offer to people so so viewers and listeners really identifying then these values these inner values yeah. that you want to operate by moment to moment and and you said you scrambled that the life get life happens and that's okay but you have an anchor of value so i would actually challenge viewers and listeners what right now or after the show really get clear on what are three there's three good three values that we want to hold always mm -hmm. i love the intuition part because you're listening to yourself that means you're always checking with your body mm -hmm. you know and i love the courage part because now you're acting out and then the the or the the wisdom and the courage, right? Mm -hmm. You said wisdom and courage. Well, yeah, that that's like my mantra, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's intuition, courage, and faith. courage and faith. Yeah. There you go. Like it's got you. You made your decision. I have faith that it's gonna. So let's 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 definitely connect to that, viewers and listeners. Now, the thing about this, and I'm so happy you sort of started segueing into really the good juicy stuff. Now we're in the middle of the ham or veggie burger or whatever you want. <laughs> we're in the middle of it now the the masculine and feminine the polarities mm -hmm. now you and i have had many interesting conversations at many different parties mm -hmm. and many different corners mm -hmm. about this stuff okay now in relationships we want to get clear on this do masculine and feminine polarities affect the health of a relationship it, it affects the level of passion and attraction from what I've learned. And, and I wouldn't consider myself to be a relationship expert, but I, I consider myself to be a student. And so I love being a conduit of information that I've learned from some of my greatest mentors like Esther Perel and Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty. And I think we live in, in that world. So what I have learned from a lot of these experts is that like attracts like, we've heard that, right? Um, but, it might, but that creates friendship. What creates attraction is polarity. And it's, it's, it's when opposites attract and masculine and feminine energies are, are opposite of one another. And, and, and so that is part of the component, I think that creates this thing that we call chemistry. Um, it's not the only thing that's gonna hold a relationship together, but it is something that I think in the, in the first season of romance, which is the season of enchantment, which is the season of attraction, that is the thing that becomes very present for two people coming together. And masculine and feminine energy, it's important for the audience to understand that it's not sexually preference-based or gender-based. We all have masculine and feminine energy. And masculine energy is the part of us that achieves, that likes to solve problems.
is experienced is when we're in our feminine energy. Mm. For me personally, I'm someone that in my emotional body, I'm very in my feminine. So I love praise. I Words of affirmation is my number one love language. And so I think the interesting thing that I've noticed within myself is it's an interesting trend that's been going on in this society, in this particular generation, specifically with us millennials, is where you're seeing this trend of feminized men and masculine dominant women. Not a bad thing. It's not, there's no judgment here, but it's a trend that's happening. And for me, what I've noticed, especially in dating, is that I've tended to wait for women to initiate first. And there's been some context in this conversation as to why. Um, but the point is, is that I really loved when, when a woman was like confident, initiating, making the first move. And then my identity was like, I'll be an amplifier and I'll, I'll amplify on the energy. And, and, some, and then the role dynamic would switch, but I was waiting for that. And in my own personal experience, the interesting thing about that is that the, the, the feminine energy, um, or, or should I say when, when a female in this situation is in her masculine, um, masculine energy loves to control. And for me, like, I think when, when, when these like women that experience dating who tend to be masculine dominant women, something that I've noticed is they will attract feminized men. And what ends up happening is that they really like that they control their man, can control the man in the beginning. And that creates this, a polarity, an attraction. But the, the challenges that they face is that, well, if I can control this man, and who else could control him? And it to break the feminine energy to break down and the masculine has the three C's. Now the three U's of the feminine are when they feel unsafe, when they feel unseen and when they feel misunderstood. Now the first one about unsafe, feeling unsafe, it's not just about physical protection, although that's very important. It's also about, will you love me in all of my stuff? Will you love me in all of my feminine expression? Can you hold all my crazy, right? And sometimes women will kick their man in the balls just to kind of test him a little bit. Yeah. You know, can you, can you, can you, can you hold the whole range of me? Can you cut, love me when I'm happy, but can you love me when I'm sad? Right. Right. Um, they, that gives them the feeling of safety when they're with their masculine mountain man that is like, yeah, I've got you, you know, um, to be, to be when they, when they're unseen, when their man isn't present. The man's like, I'm here, but I'm on my phone or I'm distracted, right? They're not, you're not, you're not actually being seen. They love the calm. They love the presence. They love the connection. And again, the feminine energy loves praise and they love the affirmation, right? But guys, sometimes the women will come home and they'll talk about their day. They'll talk about their challenges. They just want to be seen. And the guy just loves challenge. So he's like, well, let's fix it. Let's get into the fix it mode right now. And, and, and they just are like, stop trying to fix me, right? You know, that's like why, why women's circles are so powerful right now is why they get together, they praise each other and they see each other and they, and they affirm each other and they validate each other. That's the experience of being seen to, to, uh, or to be seen, right? That creates connection.
seen, understood, valued, appreciated for who you are and accepted most importantly and allowed to just be who you are without needing to be fixed, mm -hmm. right? And and then obviously to be understood, right? To tr And that's kind of what I just mentioned. So what happens is that when the feminine experiences stress, which energy do you think they tap into? The masculine energy. The masculine energy. They, 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 they try to gain control. They try to gain dominance. They try to gain power. And they oftentimes will close off. Or they'll get critical and they'll criticize. Now, here's the fun dance. Is that the masculine breakdowns are the three C's. And the three C's are men hate being criticized. And I'm using men just as a, as a familiar language point, right? But this goes, it's masculine energy, right? The masculine energy loves or hates being criticized. They hate when their person is being closed off to them and they hate being controlled. So now, and when the masculine experiences stress, what energy do they tap into? Feminine. They're feminine. They go crazy, right? Stop trying to control me. Where are you going? You're abandoning me. Come back to me, connect with me, right? But they're closed off. And now we've got this polarity mismatch and that creates loss of attraction. That creates the first fracture point, the first stress point in relationship. And we see this happen all the time in relationship breakups. There's a massive season of breakups that are going, going on right now in my community. And, and I've seen in, in communities of my clients. And when you hear the flushing out of all this, it's, it's, it's very interesting to notice how these dynamics, there's all these stories around what's causing these dynamics to play out. It could be the laundry. It could be the dishes. It could be taking out the trash. It could all these things, right? But what's happening is that we tend to fight on the surface level, but what we're actually fighting for, and this is what Esther Perel was just talking about recently, is like, we fight for trust, we fight for power, and we fight for value, or in other words, respect, or in other words, to be seen and heard and understood. And when those things aren't happening, we're, we're, we're getting caught up in all the, these stress points, and we, we go through these fractures in relationship, mm. and it causes that challenge point and again, it's all awareness. When we're not aware that you're in your feminine, I'm in your masculine, you just want to be seen, I'm trying to fix you. You know, we're, we're, we're wired differently, right? And so it, there, what I've learned in this day in relationship is that the standard that we have for relationships is higher now than ever before. We want more from one individual person than ever before. You know, we want someone to be our, our you know, the, the one who inspires us at work. We want the, the experience spiritual and awakening and lightning. We used to ask for God for that. Now we're wanting that for our human being. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, we have so much expectation wrapped up. And as a result of that expectation, the standard of dynamic that is, or the standard of skill set that is required to experience those things has grown. And we're actually not taught these things. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Cause frankly, I've made every mistake in the book and I've been like, what the hell went wrong? And so I've just been a student of this because I want to help myself as well as help other people figure out through awareness, okay, when am I going into my feminine? When am I going to masculine? What's causing that breakdown? And how can we, and this is really important in relationships I've found, is how can we take our silent expectations that we have of one another and turn those into verbal agreements that we can co-create on how we can work together, how we can overcome conflict, how we can turn conflict into connection, and how we can work toward creating the relationship that we want. I love that, man. So. So you're saying basically, if we have awareness about the polarity of masculine and feminine, if we're healthily in our balance or not, how we're compensating, protecting, and, and, and showing up, 
this can save a relationship. It it has the it has a big potential too. Yeah, hmm. it's not the only thing. There's yeah. there's many other things. We're just talking about chemistry right now. And yeah, chemistry exchange, right? But there's also values, direction, compatibility. Yeah. How do we fight? How do we now do we go through? So there's all those things. But this is a very important part. I think early on in the first season of relationships mm -hmm. that, for, I mean, I, I noticed that for me, I've actually never gotten past the first season of relationship where, where again, expectations are not met. And when they're not met, we go into stress. And our ability to navigate through that stress together, for me, has always been my break point. I've never been able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been in a relationship also in six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, but, but so I've learned a lot of things since then, but I, I've noticed that this is, this can, this awareness of this can help a couple, um, understand the dynamic of, of what's actually going on from just a polarity standpoint. Yeah. So, so, so would this better help a relationship for sex, sexuality, connection? Would you, would you, do you believe that a lot of the intimacy issues that couples go through on the surface, isn't necessarily about that. It's more about the attraction and the polarity. You know, I'm I'm I, I fully honest. I'm not like a sex coach uh -huh. <laughs> and an intimacy coach. Um, I think that what I what I've come to to be aware of is that polarity creates passion. So whether you have a a, a mask, you know, a man in his masculine, a woman in his feminine, or a woman that's in their feminine and a man that's in their uh, masculine, whatever. It, if there's polarity, there tends to be a charge that can, can create intimacy. Now, creating long-term intimacy, that's like the whole other conversation that I leave to our, our sexual embodiment experts and our tantric experts. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. What, what, what a powerful conversation because how many people viewing and listening go, wait a minute, I do this. Mm. Oh my God, and my partner does this. Because it really resonates with with the the man right not feeling celebrated or, or feeling like controlled and then shutting down and then just being in that feminine and then that compensating and then being like you're being too feminine what's happening right now and, yeah. and it's just a, it's a spiral yeah it's 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 a it's a downward spiral in so many ways so um and i i've seen actually i believe a big part of relationships is to balance that inherent masculine and feminine polarity within us yeah. um, to bring us back because it's going to show up it's going to show up all that stuff and you're going to attract the very person you need mm -hmm. and um, so you heard me talk about birch before so you should know that birch makes mattresses that are crafted with organic and natural materials that have been sustainably sourced around the world and it's important for your health to have a toxic free mattress we don't think about this we think about all the things we come from food that are coming from water but we don't think about the products that are in our home that we're sleeping in that we're laying down in that are being exposed to every single day so did you know that mattress companies use fiberglass as a flame retardant in their products as well as polyurethane foams these cause harmful off-gassing that affect your respiratory system ultimately your immune system ultimately your hormones Birch mattresses are free from these harmful fiberglass materials, and they make mattresses that are crafted and organic with natural materials that have been sustainably sourced across the board. I've had my Birch mattress for 
three years now. Super comfortable, mold and mildew resistant. It feels like I'm sleeping and carried by a cloud. It has good airflow, so you're not waking up sweaty and hot. And with the Birch mattress, you get a 100 night sleep trial along with a 25 year warranty. And the best part about this is that Birch delivers right to your door, free within the United States, and they offer in-home setup and removal to make your buying experience as best as possible. Now for me, the best part of Birch is that it's got certified and Green Guard Gold certified. These are the two big standards when you look for a bed that ensure that all of these chemicals that we worry about in lower quality mattresses that we're being exposed to for the life of the bed are not there. So they have rigorous testing to make sure that what you're getting is a clean bed for you and your family. Now, I love my Birch mattress. I do think you will too if you're looking for a new bed. Check out Birch Living. Birch is offering you, the Heal Yourself listener, access to their President's Day sale, which will get you 20% off site-wide, plus two free EcoRest pillows with a mattress purchase. Go to birchliving.com slash heal thyself to find out more about this limited time offer and to show the emotions that we're holding in too, mm -hmm. right? The, mm -hmm. So relationships are the most powerful things, the most powerful mirrors to see into that hole, that black hole that we don't want to look at and you know, I, don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So how would somebody bring more awareness to their own, let's say they're not in a relationship, where, how are they in their own masculine feminine? How, how do we feel into, how do we start practicing getting into a better balance Maybe if we want to attract a partner mm -hmm. that is in a more healthier balance, they have to sort of be the reciprocal of us. Mm -hmm. So how, is there anything that we can start doing for ourselves to really start optimizing that solo? You know, it's an interesting question that I think about for myself right now, because this applies for me. Yeah. I, I'm someone that is very in my feminine and my emotional body. And I also, am, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur and, and I'm a leader. And so I know how, I guess I'm a bit of like a, a shapeshifter that I can kind of go both ways in that in that regard. And so it's really interesting because I oftentimes think about like, okay, well, who do I need to be to attract the woman that I want? And I've gotten clear on, you know, uh, what are the quality of, qualities of the individual and how do I feel? And then there's always a sense of like, well, who do I have to become in order to attract that person? Um, and it's different. And, it, and there's a fine line that I want to be careful with because sometimes we can lead down a road of being inauthentic and 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 i want to always caution people that being who you are is is most important and i think noticing though that you know if you are again it's 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 so complicated because i think if you're trying to attract a certain type of partner right then there is a degree of like okay if you're looking for a very feminine woman right you're going to have to be in your masculine, right? And so for me, that's kind of what's happening right now. And so I'm realizing, okay, what feels authentic, an authentic way of initiating conversation? Uh, I'll give you an example. I did something that I don't normally do very often, which is I went to a bar. Like I haven't been to a bar mm -hmm. in like, I don't know, 10 years or something. Mm -hmm. And a friend randomly asked, and, and his pickup line, would he go up to a group of girls and he literally would say, did you see that guy riding the horse outside without a shirt on? And it's like a pattern interrupt. And all the girls were like, what, what? And he's like, yeah, there's a guy riding a horse outside without a shirt on. Mm. And all of a sudden it's just like so caught up. And then he just starts talking to him. And he's like, George, this works every time. And I'm laughing because that's never something that I would do, right? Uh -huh. um, but here it is. And I'm literally witnessing this and it's working. 
And and at the same time, I'm like, that's just not authentic for me. Right. But I'm someone, as you know, who's like deep. And 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 I've realized that just simply going up to someone and said, would you mind if I introduce myself? Hmm. That would be a more authentic way for me to initiate a conversation with someone. Hmm. And uh, in fact, I just did that today with somebody. And hmm. it kicked off a, a, a beautiful exchange. Mind you, it was like a, a warm uh, introduction and someone that had mentioned my name to somebody and I just messaged her on Instagram and I was like, Hey, I just got back from my friend's house and they mentioned you had a good time. Would you mind if I just introduced myself really quick? Mm. And we just started a beautiful conversation. Sure enough, she's going to be here in LA in like the next month and we're going to have, we're going to meet up. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's, it's these little things like that. Um, and so I hope, I hope so. I can only speak from like, I'm trying to go authentic right for now. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, so feeling into what is authentically true for you. Yeah. As you really just start bringing awareness to, okay, do I feel balance in my body or imbalance in my body? Because for me, without understanding this awareness about masculine and feminine polarities, right? Mm -hmm. um, it took, I, it, without, understanding for years that I was just totally in feminine and just like in flow. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. It'll, the universe will take care of it. Kind of like mm. submitting so much. Um, but that was a learned process based on life events that every time I asserted myself, there was failure or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so there was a closing of that. There was a fear. There was a, like my own story behind that. But but really, I think if viewers and listeners, if, if if we can just look at our relationships, that is probably the best mirror because the relationships will show you sort of where you are in that spectrum of balance that's inherent for you, your best balance. Because if we think about it the way you spoke about, we can really bring awareness as women, okay? Am I too much of my masculine in this relationship? Am I trying to control this whole? As men, am I too much of my feminine or too much of my masculine? We start just asking these questions, what's dominating? Yeah. And, and if it's a healthy balance in the relationship, because I believe like it's going to be reciprocal. Like you said, like an, an unhealthy or, or masculine dominant female will attract that feminine dominant male. Mm -hmm. And it's the opportunity for the balance in the male and the female to balance each other out with putting that practice in so i would actually say looking back in the relationships how did you show up what did you attract what are you attracting mm -hmm. and, and bringing that awareness and and, and for me and, and the way that i stepped into a healthier masculine is sort of defining knowing okay here's a healthy masculine here's what it looks like here's the list of the things sort of like you mentioned right the assertion the leadership the planning the 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 safety the groundedness do I do these in a, in, a, in, a, in a healthy way? No. So every opportunity that I had in the relationship to show up in that, I did the opposite of what I used to do and started training myself to show up more in that. And it was uncomfortable and it was messy. But ultimately, throughout the whole relationship until the end, I learned more of what it was to be a healthy man. So I, it's like bringing the awareness in the relationship. That is like your boot camp. Mm -hmm. you, you got the skills. You, you have the awareness in the relationship. How are you going to assert yourself? Mm -hmm. I've, I've, that was most helpful for me. I love that we're speaking from our own experiences. Mm -hmm. But viewers and listeners, whatever is going to work for you is going to work for you. But the awareness is always the first way to bring this. And I love that you're, you've brought the conversation to that back to that point, because the word that comes up for me is self-inquisition. Right. If, if you're experiencing stress in your relationship, go through the who, what, where, when, why. 
in the form of a question, right? Like what is causing the stress in me right now? Like, what are you noticing in terms of how you're showing up? If you are female and you tend to be noticing that you're being controlling or you're closing off or you're being very critical, what's happening is there is the first stress point of a relationship going on, which is uh, resentment. There's, there's something that is happening. And resentment, interestingly enough, Brene Brown talks about this in her book, um, Atlas of the Heart. Resentment is this emotion that we experience that is actually a projection motion for, most people think it's anger, it's actually envy. Envy is I want something that's not happening or I want something that you are experiencing and I also don't want you to be experiencing that thing. So the question is, what do I want that isn't happening right now? And am I being vocal about that? Again, this is where we can start to unpack what that silent expectation is. And when that expectation is not being met, we experience the emotion of resentment. Mm. And what, and here's the thing, what happens? We don't voice it. We hold it in. And because we're not aware of it most of the time. And so we automatically will start becoming controlling or critical or we'll close off, whatever the case may be, right? And, and so when we can kind of investigate that first layer of like, what's, what's my expectation? And am I vocalizing that? Is that being met or is it not being met? And, you know, here's the thing is that a lot of times when that, how do you kill Godzilla? How do you kill a monster? How did they kill it? They just shot some things at him and went back in the water. No, huh? you, you can't see that's the thing. You can't kill Godzilla when he's trying to take the city. He's too fucking big. He's yeah. arching and roaring, right? Mm -hmm. You kill you kill the monster when it's a baby. Mm. But we don't do that in relationship. And what happens in resentment is that it grows. Right now we can kind of shuck it to the side sometimes. Yeah. But what happens is that resentment evolves, that tension builds. And, and as that builds, then it becomes more of a problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and it grows and grows and grows. And then all of a sudden we move into a different stress point. And it's, uh, so we go through resentment, we go through rejection, we go through oppression and I'm, God, I'm drawing a blank on the first R right now, but it's, it's this, it, there's this evolution of resentment into the next R and, and that's when things start becoming problematic, mm. right? And, and, and now there's a, now there's an actual fracture point. And it's been built up and built up and built up. Why? Because we just don't simply voice, hey, you know, that that time that you scheduled that thing and you didn't ask me about it, it made me feel not included. But that's scary for some people, right? It's absolutely terrifying because the fear is if I vocalize my needs, again, this goes back to the immunity change, I'll get rejected. Right. Right. And there's always oftentimes someone in the relationship who's more worried about being abandoned and someone who has... Who, 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 there's always one of those people, right? And those will be able to, those people will tend to be the ones that will placate. And that's where, I mean, this is where relationship work comes in, right? It's having the courage to be able to voice what's coming up for you mm -hmm. when it's early and when it's early and when we can do it in a safe place where we feel seen and understood, ah, oh, now that puts the feminine back in her feminine, yeah. right? It, but when she's not, when that need is not getting met, we experience stress and now, right? And then, and it keeps happening, it keeps happening, it keeps happening. Now we're fighting over the laundry, or we're fighting over this, or you're, always doing, you're always doing this, you're always doing that, right? Yeah. And we're just actually fighting for like being seen and understood.
Yeah, that's right? that's that's the root of it, huh? That's the root of it. And so when we can start to, this is how we can turn crisis into conflict. It's through communication, or sorry, crisis into connection through communication. And that's the scary part. That's why that's why relationship. That's a lot of the relationship work that I do with my relationship clients. That's why relationship therapists exist. It's because it is edgy. And oftentimes we actually just don't have the vocabulary. We don't have the tools. And that's that's why I love having this conversation with you is because I want to equip people with the frameworks because we get so lost in the detail. But when we can see deeper in and ask the right questions, we can open up uh, doors to new possibility in our relationships. Mm. It, and, and that makes everything so much easier, right? I think the, the big thing is that we, there's we're so inundated with so much information now uh, with so many five-step programs, 10-step programs, God, you open up Instagram and, hey, are you in this relationship? And are you going through this? Here are five things that you can do to, to save your relationship. It's too much. So in the most simplistic way, mm. the simplest thing, what do we need to be doing for our best overall mental health and health of our relationships? Mm. You know, really the first thing that comes up is it's a complicated question. My my default answer is that we have to take care of the relationship with ourselves first. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to be honest and true about who we are and what our needs are. But here's the the reason why I'm pausing is that there's a paradox to that. And specifically in the context of relationships and this is where it does get challenging is that love is being willing to put someone else first and we don't do that especially in this era of self-care and i've been thinking a lot about this especially in my own life is that you know selfish is the new self-care take care of yourself first yes all this stuff right but relationship then is an opportunity to actually surrender the expectations and the needs that you have i would say in very short form in relationship if you want to transform your relationship if you can learn how to change your expectations into appreciation and you did just that thing your entire relationship would change we are constantly expecting more and more and more from this other person and where we don't pay them enough praise we don't pay them enough gratitude and when you can truly like, and I do this as well too. I love you if you change these things. I'll love mm -hmm. you for your potential, right? And I've made this mistake so many times. And I wasn't actually in love with the person as they were. And that was my own challenge. But when you're with someone, if you can learn to see them through the lens of gratitude instead of what's missing, and that's just, again, human brain, it's what we do. We focus on what's wrong versus we'll focus on what's right. And when we can consciously choose to say, to create little experiences of like, what is it that you, what, 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 like, what can you focus on about what you did right? What, how can I praise you? And then the second thing is, is what I was saying earlier is like being willing to actually put their needs first. You know, like I always look at a relationship, like there's three cups, there's your cup, there's my cup, and then there's our unit that we share. And my cup is my responsibility. Meaning my needs, that's on me. You, I, I, I cannot expect you to make me happy. That's my belief. Same thing goes for your cup. My job is to fill my cup up. 
So that way I can take my overflow and pour it into our shared cup. And sometimes my cup is going to be overflowing and sometimes your cup's going to be at 20. And although your cup's your responsibility, babe, I'm happy to come over and pour a little into your cup today, which means I'm going to harness all the stuff that I think I need from you and be really into like, what do you need today? You had a hard day at work. What do you need? How can I make you feel loved and special? Some days I'm going to be at 20, but you know, I'm really, or sometimes you have, a, you know, you're going to have a really stressful week with your, and, 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 and you want to say, Hey, you know what? I'm really grateful that you're here hmm. because, because you're here, I can handle this stressful week. And that makes that person feel a part of what you're going through versus I've got a really stressful week coming up. So just so you know, like, I'm not going to be available for you. Right. And it's like that creates separation and distance. So it's, it's the appreciation that you give to someone's role in your life and the impact that that has and being communicative about that and expressive about that. And that comes from, again, focusing more on appreciation than on expectation being yes, take care of yourself for sure. Right. That's it starts with ourself, but it starts with ourself in service to the other person. And when you look at being in a relationship, not as what you're going to get from it, but what you have to give to it. That's the new mindset that I'm uh, applying. How can I scan the world and, and not like be in a date and be judgmental and try does this person, can I just be present with them? And what do I have to give to this person today? Mm -hmm. How can I give them my presence? How can I find the good things in them? How can I reflect that back to them? It's, it's a little practice that I'm, I'm, I'm doing in dating. And I think it's an even more important practice to do when you're in relationship because we get complacent. Beautiful, man. That makes sense. Such an easy, easy, right on the tip of your finger. You can look at it every day and go, am I using my appreciation in this relationship in this moment? Or am I just expecting? Give me, take, 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 instead of giving, giving, giving more appreciation. And I love those examples you gave. I know, I know for sure that there was someone in the, who's listening to you and go, oh, I wish my partner would do that more, right? And it's true, but like, we deserve to give more and, and, and receive in, in the whole container of a relationship. And isn't it crazy that just more appreciation will, will light up the relationship even more? Yeah. We have our cups. Let's let's fill it fill up our own cups, fill up the container for the relationship, but really strengthening that bond from the context of just bringing more gratitude and appreciation, man. Being the change that you want to see in the relationship is yeah. key. Cuz you know what? It's so much easier to change yourself than it is to change another person. Yeah. And the reality is if you're trying to change the other person, that's not loving. Right? That's fixing. Yeah. And if you want something to be happening, be that change. And here's the interesting part is that if I'm filling your cup and I'm filling your cup and I'm filling your cup and I'm filling your cup, eventually your cup's going to start overflowing and you're going to, your love cup, your, your heart is going to be full. And what are you naturally going to be oriented to do? Fill up your cup. You're just going to be like, Oh God, let me give something to you now. It's just actually how human behavior works. Yeah. And if it doesn't go that way, then you have a choice point to make. Mm -hmm. Are you with the right person? Right. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I'm another tool that I want to offer the audience. It's very simple. And I get this from David Rico and it's the five mindful A's of loving. And I love this frame. I love, again, I love frameworks because they, I find them easier to follow. And the five A's are attention. You, you, people, you know, Gary Chapman's love language, quality time. I'm about quality energy. Cause I can, I can give you, I can be here and we can be in the same room time, but if I'm on my phone or I'm doing something else, I'm not here with you. Yeah. You don't have my attention. Right? So when you have someone's attention, it's like, there's nothing else 
in the room that matters other than you. You're present, you're connected, you're focused on them, you're with them. When you give them your attention, and then it's about giving them appreciation, which we talked about, giving them gratitude, words of affirmation, giving them affection. And that's where learning what are your affection buttons? What are my affection buttons? Is it physical touch? Is it gifts? Is it words of affirmation? Is it quality time? Whatever that is, right? Whatever makes that person feel charged. And that's where like learning and calibrating to one another. And, and once you give the attention, the appreciation, the affection, there's, there's, there's the beautiful A, which is allowance. You simply allow that person to be who they are. Mm. You don't have to fix them. You don't have to change them. You just, they just get to be. And that's such a beautiful, loving act. And that's gonna make someone feel safe. They can be themselves. You know, there's that texture of like, I can just be myself. That's one of my important criteria. Just I yourself. feel like I can be myself when I'm with you. For sure. I can. I don't have to change. I don't have. To, yes, I'm committed to I have a growth mindset, but like I get to just be who I am, unfiltered, messy, playful, giggly, whatever that is. You know that allowance piece energetically matters a great deal, and that makes people feel loved. Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. So it's the attention, the the affection, the appreciation, the uh, acknowledgement and it's acknowledging them is the last one where you just acknowledge them. Hey, I really noticed that you did that thing. I really noticed that you're making an effort here. I really know mm, just that the acknowledgement. It's it's really a simple. It's five simple things, but again, we just we tend to just go about our days. Right. We tend to just kind of take people for granted, not not be grateful. And these things kind of can help get us back on track and create that that connection connection chemistry. Dude, I hope the viewers and listeners, I'm looking right at the camera. I hope we all took notes on this. <laughs> you, you know, I can see like the A's over here, the C's over here, <laughs> the U's over here. Yeah. Right? We You're got like letters. <laughs> the, the the vowel codes. We got the vowel codes here, yeah. man. Well, my my man, how do people find you on social media? Yeah, a great way to stay connected with me is through my Instagram. Uh, shapeshift underscore coach uh, my website shapeshiftcoach.com I also have a podcast it's on pause right now but I've got some great episodes where you actually get to be a fly on the wall during an actual coaching session that's so, so cool you get to actually it's what I love about that is you as an audience get to have insights as the other person that is in the hot seat is getting their insights I love that. It's one of my favorite things. The breakthrough, the hot seat breakthroughs. Yeah. I yeah. love that. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, Think Out Loud. Think Out Loud. Okay, amazing, man. Um, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm happy we're friends. I'm happy we're really sharing this this unfolding of masculine, feminine balance, you know, and and the wisdom you're bringing and I'm receiving and vice versa. And now we bring it to the my beautiful audience, man, who's who's really like has they, they receive with an open heart. You know, so so the code you're bringing in, all this powerful information, right to them, you know, mm. and uh, and heal thyself, audience. I really hope that this resonated with you. Um, and I know for sure, and I'm, we didn't even talk about some of the stuff we talked about today. So in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, acknowledge, man. I need to acknowledge more. Why don't I acknowledge so much? Maybe I do take for granted. You know, like you got me thinking. So. I appreciate you, man. And yeah, there was a there was a big information dump in this conversation. I'm I'm really grateful as well because I hope that people at least walk away with one thing. And and it's not all the things. It's just that's what I would invite everybody is if you just ask yourself at the end of this episode, what is the single biggest insight that I got from this? Because when you have your insight, then you can ask yourself, 
what's one tiny step I can take that's different? One tiny step. And you commit to that. It's insight plus action that equals transformation. Insight plus action. Perfect. And we can all do that. So we start with a small step, celebrate that small step, and uh, continue doing it. Thank you for all your information, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, Christian.